Hello everybody, my name is Nina and welcome to the Little Woman Podcast. Today's comment shoutout goes to Rainbow Milk 1996 who left this insightful comment. Joe also doesn't really like writing for the weekly volcano, she's only doing it for the money. And it doesn't even pay well, she's probably lying to herself and saying, everything is fine. I am giving Beth the luxuries I want to give her. And she's happy. I am happy. But when Fritz gives his opinions on sensationalism, she realizes what she is doing and stops. Considering the movies don't really talk about what Joe is actually writing about. I can't remember off the top of my head, but murder is mentioned. So it can't exactly be all pretty stuff. It is easy to think that Fritz is a generous snob. He's not. People were less desensitized in the 1860s and 70s than in 2022. Fritz is less a generous snob and more not wanting people, specifically children, scared at a formative age. End quote. When the book Joe is in New York, she actually has two editors. The first editor wants her to write sensationalism, stories that Joe herself calls trash, and the second editor only wants her to write moralistic tales, which is not something that Jo is that into either. And it is Friedrich who helps her to find her own way of writing. Why the filmmakers don't show this conflict that Jo has with her editors and kind of portray Friedrich in a bad light when in the book it is the opposite? That is a very good question. My today's guest is really an expert on this field. We have talked a lot in this podcast how Louisa May Alcott allowed German culture and German writers. And now for the first time I have a guest from Germany. Her name is Sinem. And Sinem is here today to talk to us about Louisa May Alcott's adoration to Goethe and Friedrich Schiller. And how we can see the effects of these two writers in Friedrich Baer's character and in general in Louisa May Alcott's novels. If you guys wish to get episode transcripts of this podcast, you can head over to my Gumroad site at, at littlewoman.gumroad.com. I have tons of new stuff uploaded there. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain, Little Woman podcast, Friedrich Schiller and Goethe, Alcott's Literal Heroes, Yeah, you know, and Sinef, I really love Little Women, and I also really love the chapters that involve Patience and Joe. And since I also am born, I was born in Germany, yeah, I really love how the way Swedish talks in the novels. And yes, I also love this chapter we're going to analyze. Yes, I love it too. It's one of my favorites. And I also think it's very romantic for everybody who says that Joe and Peter aren't romantic and recommend reading that chapter again. I think the problem is is that it's not really in the adaptations, but it's so good, it should be there. Yes, definitely. Um, I think mostly in the movies or adaptations I've watched, it mostly is like British Ghost Wizard, 
joke kind of and then that's the end it's like only like one day whereas in the novel it continues like their partnership continues even at the home not only in new york but it also is where joe lives they have this extreme and powerful bond and it only grows as the more he stays there and even when joe leaves new york they have continued writing letters and I think you can only see that in some of the TV versions, because in the movies you just see them arguing and then they stop communicating, which is really weird, because that doesn't happen in the book at all. Some of the TV shows, they do show that they continue writing these letters. And when Friedrich comes to Concord, he's actually there for two weeks or something, courting her. I actually have to that I really like this chapter like really and I also think it is very important that Louisa Malcolm included the fact that even when they were apart they like continued writing letters to each other and the chapter beforehand Joe reads a letter from Friedrich and he's like oh if only he would come and it's like a wish come true to her exactly it's this secret wish that she has that he would return back her life yes and I also think it's very important because Joe literally craves for company in this and um, in this chapter. But the thing is, like, she has a mother with her and also a father. But she says that she wants to try all kind of love, all kinds of love that exist. Like, she isn't really satisfied any longer with only the love of her mother, of her parents, or of her sisters. The previous chapter called All Alone, there's really this long monologue that she has about how lonely she is and how she longs to find love. And I think she says that her heart is so elastic and <laughs> she would like to try what romantic love feels like. And this is such a misunderstood part about little women. We have discussed about this before, that people really do not seem to read the book at all when they... Talk about Jill wanting to be independent or whatever. Yes, and I, to be honest, I think, like, even if you a person, a woman, but you like, has a partner, it doesn't make them not independent. Like, I mean, relationships can enrich people, and that is the same with your English enriches her, but she still has her independent side, and they live together in a very beautiful harmony. Yes. And if Joe would have married Laurie, that's when she would have lost her independence completely. Because Laurie's demanding at that time, especially because he had Richard, were like, you have to take care of me, you are living your mother to me, and since that's just what you did, you will take care of me 24 hours a day, and when I'm angry, you will you will do whatever I, I, I want you to, etc. I also think in this chapter, and surprises, she completely forgets to compare Greetings to Laurie and I think it's also like a funny thing because she has idealized Laurie very much but in the end she stayed true to herself and she fell in love with Friedrich because he is the right man for her. Laurie at that time was a man. He self states it in that chapter. Also in this chapter there is a apology from Laurie which I find very feminist thing for Louisa my uncle to write but like we have discussed in this podcast and you and I have discussed this uh, in our private discussions that this is one of those things that is not in the adaptations either 
because Laurie is so incredibly idealized. I think the only version where Laurie apologizes to Joe is the BBC series from 1970s, and most people have not even heard from it. So (laughs) I am very glad that I get to discuss about the chapter surprises with you today, because I think this is completely overlooked chapter. Yeah, I agree. It really is a wonder. And I also think this chapter is very important also for the growth of Laurie because like we have seen him evolving and growing and improving. But this is kind of the climax because he not only acknowledges his mistakes to himself and the others chapters, but he also acknowledges it to Job when he says, I was making a mistake at that time. And I'm sorry because... I think it is, like you said, first of all, very feminist to acknowledge it, that he forced her into being something she was not. But it is also very important because I don't think in in many adaptations you don't really see his growth. And it's actually very sad. Like, in some, there is kind of an apology, I guess, but it doesn't really feel right because, I mean, in the then again, in the movies, it kind of never did anything wrong. Exactly. Like the proposal scene, it is often romanticized. You don't really see how uncomfortable Joe feels that in the book, the way he's treating her, that's a problem. So his apology in the book makes a lot of sense because Laurie himself realized that it wasn't a right thing to do. That is true. And I also think it's important that Louisa Balcup did have more apologize. It is also an ideal way of showing that men can change and better and that they have to acknowledge it. Like, I think any other author wouldn't just, like, just lost over it, but I think it is very important that Louisa May Alcock didn't gloss over it. And I think it's also important that Louisa May Alcock did have Joe uncomfortable with Lauren being so possessive of her because, I mean... Who wouldn't feel uncomfortable when their friend would force them to something they didn't want? Yes, it's kind of interesting because in later chapter, uh, I think it's under the umbrella, Frederick says that he thinks he knows Joe very well. And that's why he does not force himself to her. Then we have Laurie who has known Joe since he was 15. And then he tries to force himself on Joe. And you would think that it would be the opposite. Yes, that, that is very much true. And I often have to say, I really love how Friedrich was introduced in New York. And I love how great his character also is in this chapter. Because when he comes to, I think, Orchard House to visit Joe and sees that she's gone, and the actress doesn't want to go inside because... She's busy and all that stuff. But then she, he stays because Joe looks at him in such a way and because he because she just throws him into the house, kind of like she shawls him into the house. And how, like, he doesn't change for Joe. Like, he doesn't uh, pretend he is somebody else when he talks to Joe's parents. He is still himself. And I also love that in this chapter... He looks at Laurie a great deal, and he also looks at Joe a great deal. And the fact that Joe is like, she has to keep her eyes focused because she is afraid that her eyes will look 
constantly excreted. It's also very funny. There's something about him that speaks right to her soul. It reminds me of that part in New York when he's speaking about religion. And then I think in that chapter, he really becomes Joe's hero. So there's something similar that happens here. Utrich as a character. And I also love the fact that Louisa and my uncle didn't just like gloss over the fact that Friedrich was visiting her. It was a very important chapter and it also let the, the audience know Friedrich even better because he was there for Joe. But he also like, he wasn't only nice to Joe, he was nice to everybody around her because that is who he is. You're pretty well-educated when it comes to Louisa May Algot. Would you like to tell you a bit how you got introduced to Little Woman and her writings? It happened like this. I was kind of craving for reading something in English. And I was like, why not try some classic out? And then I, it was the first time I kind of discovered it. But there are kind of a few bad reviews. So I wasn't really sure and I couldn't, like, couldn't get a reading extract of it. So I thought to myself, let's wait a bit. But then, when I got to the shop to look for some English book, there again it was, and it was like the whole version of it, like the I think seventy hundred seven pages. And I re- read a bit into it, and I was like, okay, this is the novel I really want to read. So I started reading this one, and I uh, fell in love with the writing. And then I. Like, read her other novels as well. And the one that also had a real big impact on me, besides that, the when would also work, because it is such an incredible novel about the women. The funny thing with it is the biggest to the Mac is really how I always imagine my own aunt to be. I have two of them. The older one, especially, reminded me of her. And I have to say, I also. Love the fact that Louisa Malcott included her own morals, especially in her book. And it is also very important because I think that is really thorough. It's in every novel of her. And then there are people who claim that she didn't love him. But the fact is like, okay, if she only included Henry David Thoreau kind of character and for example, Little Women, then maybe we could say, okay, she didn't love him. But it is clear that she was very much in love with him or had a crush on him because that kind of character is in all her three novels. Meg, uh, David, I wouldn't say Tom in, in an old-fashioned girl is completely like him, but when he grows up mature, he also kind of becomes that kind of archetype. And I think it is really important. Adam in Moods is also based on Henry David Thoreau. And yeah, right. I really forgot him. <laughs> and then there's the German man in the Queen of Hearts. He's based on Henry David Thoreau. Uh, so the list goes on and on. At some point, maybe in this podcast, I will go through all of these Henry David Thoreau archetypes. Yes, you are correct. He appears in literal disguises in pretty much every single Louisa May Alcott novel or short story. Yes, and also in I've played the long love chase. I think that's what it's called. It's quite a school run. And I think that one is also very important because in that one, Henry David Thoreau is kind of his archetype character is 
I think Father Ignatius, I don't know, I can't remember his name, but I think that was his name. And he also kind of really reminded me of Friedrich, but I have to say, I still love Friedrich more because I think for me, out of all his, out of all the Henry David Thoreau archetypes, I think Friedrich is the one who speaks mostly to my heart, probably because he's also, like, because he can talk German. <laughs> and I always swoon when he uh, does include to German words it has English phrases and English sentences because I'm like I can understand everything he says and it is so cute yes and it's adorable because in Little Woman he he is still trying to study English and he speaks with a broken English and then he throws these German words here and there then in Little Man the narrator says that he has improved his English a lot but he still uses some some of his favorite German phrases like shots and mine, mine son and yeah. <laughs> yes, that is true. I also have to say, I think it is also very important for him to actually use this kind of, like, she has a very, uh, very open vocabulary, I'd say. And I think it is also very important to note that he didn't come to New York for himself. The reason why he came there was to provide for his nephews. And I think it also shows his very caring nature. Thought just came down to my mind. It's also kind of a parallel to Louisa my Alcott when she like wants to provide for her own nephews. And I think that was the reason why she even started writing with men. Like she knew she wanted to write another book to the series. But she was like, okay, I have to provide for my nephews because their father just died and then she wrote it in men and that is just so sweet and it's also a kind of a wonderful parallel to how Friedrich came to Europe to provide for his nephews and when he seeks work so he can provide a home for Joe. That is true. I hadn't thought about that before. That is a parallel between Louisa Mayalcott and Friedrich's character. Her brother-in-law, John Pratt, had died before she started to write Little Man. I also have to say, whenever I read Little Man, I always cry at the passage when John Brooke dies. And, but again, it is such a great revelation on how caring it is. Because he is very important in the novel Little Man as well. And I just love him even more for that, that he's so caring and a little sweet. And it's kind of funny. I also wrote that to you. It's kind of it's like normally in picture these kind of characters like the ones who are very caring who are very open about their feelings who work for loved ones most in, are actually women in these kind of fictions and I also think it's very important that Friedrich is a male because he kind of unifies men and women in this character yes he has very empathic nature that is often considered to be more feminine yes that's true but i think for me like i'm not in the age right now but if there was somebody i'd met to marry or somebody i would fall in love with that would probably be somebody who's empathetic who loves me respects me it's of such importance for a person to be empathetic because then the world can evolve with people like that and that was such a big deal for Louisa Mayal, but she found it very important that people 
did feel sympathy to others, especially those in bad situations, because she came from such a poor background herself. And I also think it's very important that, unlike many fans who actually wanted Joe and Lori to be together, I think it is perfect that she made Joe and Friedrich an official couple, because like in part one, they are the Hummels, they are German, and besides Beth, I think Joel is the one who cares for them the most. And like they, like I said, they're German, they are poor, and that is the same how Friedrich is. Like he's German, he's poor, and I think it is also very important that she showed that interracial relationships are important, and that they are like just like marriages between couples that are the same race. I think it's still the day you can get some backlash if you are dating someone who is not from the same culture than you are but in those times it was even more scandalous and then we have Amy and Laurie and Laurie is half Italian and Italians were not treated with respect in the 19th century America. I think his Italian side only shows when he has one of his roots like when he's Avery or when he's Kaki or something like that only then do we see that he is Italian, like, that's not to be a stereotype, but I think it's that people who are from that kind of the country, they are very temperamental. There are some scenes in Little Woman where Laurie mentions how he wants to connect more with his Italian roots, and that I think that's why he's also very artistic. Um, he's interested in music and art and things like that. And to him, Italy sort of represents those things. And then I think it has a parallel to Joe, because for Joe, Germany and Goethe and German romanticism, it really represents sort of high literature, high poetry, theater pieces, and all these great things that come from Germany. So not only is Luisa May Alcott a Germanophile, but Joe is also a Germanophile. Yes, that is very much true. And I also know specifically, I love it, that both Joe and Kingsley are very interested in German culture and German language and costumes. I know it it came much later, but when you think of World War Two, especially, like, for me, it is also very important that a novel at that time portrayed the German culture, German language, etc. as a very good and new scene. Because mostly when I now look at movies or something like that, it is mostly propagandic that all Germans are bad. And I think that is a very sad thing because, I mean, everybody has a good and a bad side inside in self, And I think it should be balanced. And I really love that, unlike most people of her time, Louise Alcott didn't treat German people with disrespect, but with very much respect, especially because she was a transcendentalist, and transcendentalism is very much inspired by a German philosophy that was also stated by Friedrich in the 1994 adaptation. And I also think it's very important to acknowledge the fact that, unlike most people of the time, Luisa May Alcott did love Germany on German people, because Diversity is very important and respect is very important. Yes, I think you are actually the person who might be able to tell about this 
lose my outlook of Goethe, and Goethe is really a big part of German culture in general. How do you see Goethe in Germany? What's his presence? Of course, my my father has I think both in Turk in Turkish, but there's host has uh, a copy of it, and I have to say this newly in with German class, we have uh, we discussed a poem of Goethe's when he looked at Schiller's skull because these two were very close. When he looked at Schiller's skull, that's when he wrote the poem. And I have to say, I think Goethe is very, is I think very important because he portrays such a positive aspect of German culture. I also have to say, I think it's sad that the teenagers of this time, which I used to be, but I'm not longer right now. <laughs> I think it's also very sad. Many people in my classes they dislike poems in general, so they also kind of dislike Goethe's poems and then I am there I adore his poems because first of all his language is is very wonderful for me and I also have to say I have a neck a fable for interesting people so I guess I'll someday even read all of Goethe's novels or when I find a good biography I'll also plan on reading one because I also think that it's very important to know about people who shaped our culture what you said about Schiller made me wonder if Schiller was the one who Friedrich was named after in Little Woman, or maybe it was Friedrich the Almost Fouquet. But I have a feeling it might have been Schiller. Yeah, me too. Especially because I think that Goethe and Schiller, they are very close. Like I said, he wrote a poem after seeing a skull. I think because they were very good friends, and Louise Malkut was such not of fantasy, but she really, really loved Goethe. That was very clear. I mean, even in work, David, he has novels of Schiller as well as of Goethe. So I think it is more likely that Friedrich is named after Schiller. Yes, that's of course my own theory. But like I said, I also think that besides Goethe, I think Schiller also may have had an impact on Luisa because... In the robbers, I think it's called in Schiller's first novel. There's a, a feminine character called Ama- Amelia. Amalia. I don't know how to pronounce her in English, but she is uh, very sweet, very generous. She is like kind of like Beth, but without the fact that Beth fell in love with somebody, she is very kind and giving and generous, and she only wants the best for everyone. So I also had some parallels between Schiller's work and Luisa's work. That's really interesting. What was the name of that book? It was called The Robbers. Like I said, it's first novel. So I haven't read Aesel Alston yet, but maybe in another novel of this, we also see how much he's in Because he wrote that one when he was 17. Suppose he was not allowed to write at that time. I forgot why, but he, he like wasn't allowed. And I think it's funny that he made a story that is close to Louise Malcolm's Blood and Thunder stories. And the main character called is very much an archetype of the of movement that was around in uh, Germany at that time. I was just saying that in Rosenblum, Mac reads Goethe, but I realized he doesn't read Goethe. He actually reads Henry David Thoreau. <laughs> in Little Movement, there's a 
moment in part one where John translates a poem from Schiller to Meg. That is very cute and it's also very funny because John also knows German and it's also funny if you think about it, it's kind of like the whole March family is very interested in German culture. Like maybe you don't take much with the others as much as you see with Joe, but I think Meg was also very eager to hear the translation of it and John was also like, yeah, I'll help you. Stated or I can teach you with German. I think he said that. I'm not sure, but I think he said that. And it was also very sweet. Yes, I have forgotten about that. I love it. It kind of goes along with my theory that Louis and I have planned Joe's marriage maybe years before she wrote Little Woman because it does feel like a natural thing to do to introduce a German character to this family that is really obsessed about everything that comes from Germany. I have to say, the first thing that comes to my mind when I see like people saying Friedrich was on a shovel because Louisa was forced to marry Joe up is, well, but what if she was forced? Why in the world would Louisa by Alcott write so many things about Joe's and the wife's rough for Germany? I think we can all agree that this really comes from that the quote that she wrote in her children was about reuniting with her loved one in the afterlife. So Little Woman is a wish fulfillment. Yes, that's true. And I also have to say, when like people read it, I think it's also kind of racist of them to state that, that he was followed into the novel. Because, I mean, they know Friedrich is German. And it's all post always, he's like, they dislike him, especially because he is German. Like, even people today are like, meh, she should have stayed single or with Laurie, which... To be honest, I cannot, can't stand both of it. I could never stand the thought that Joe might have ended with Laurie or alone, especially after reading the chapters all alone and surprise, surprises. Because in these two chapters, you can see how lonely Joe is. And then there are people who say she only married Friedrich because Friedrich was invented because Louisa Malke was forced to marry. I think you're correct about the racism because I have read so many Louisa May Alcott studies, studies that are like, Joe should have married Laurie or Joe should have been alone. There usually is a racist undertone when they start to speak about Friedrich's character. And then they do not include this part in Little Woman where Joe clearly loves everything that comes from Germany or Louisa May Alcott's adoration to Germany. In Rosenblum, there is a Chinese character called Fancy, and he marries an American girl. Yes, and I also think it's funny that in Rosenblum, I think, Fancy uh, married. It is also very important because it shows that, well, okay, he was kind of mocked a bit, Fancy, in the first book. I think it is both very important because, like, she didn't just completely leave them off in the second book. She included David Fancy and she made him marry an American because it shows how inclusive she is. And while I know that many people are like, well, yes, but your wisdom has something against the Irish. While I can read a bit of it in her novels, we don't know what happened to her that made her hate the Irish people so much and whether it's true. I think it was a comment at the time to mock the Irish people, unfortunately. 
I spoke with someone who was working in the orchard house and they said that it was really more about the effect of the time period. I don't know. Yeah, Irish people don't really get a good reputation in Little Woman because when Amy's limes are thrown to the snow, they are the Irish girls who are picking on her. We don't know. But it's also kind of funny because Hannah herself is Irish and Hannah is portrayed in a good light. So it's, I agree with you. I think it is more like the effects of the time because, I mean, if you easy my Alcott included a Chinese and Asian character in one of when I was had this person marry an American and it was portrayed as a good thing, then why should she be completely against the Irish if, like, Hannah was portrayed in such a good light? I think it's a bit the same. Like, now there's war going on in Ukraine and Finnish here are boycotting Russian products. But I don't think all Finnish hate Russians because of that. Because it's not all Russians who are there or who are the cause of the situation. But it's certain individuals. I think we are onto something here. And the marches themselves are Irish descendants. So I think it's a lot more complex. I think it's the same with the Italians. Because on one hand, we have Luisa May Albert who really sort of shows what she considered good qualities of Italians. And maybe the less good qualities. But there was lots of uh, hate against Italians at the time period. So it's quite remarkable that uh, Laurie is half Italian in the book. And then, and Germans were also really disliked during this time period in America, in certain circles. I also think it's very important, like, Mr. Lawrence is actually portrayed, like, he's a very kind and giving and lovable person. But he also is a flaw that part one, we learned that this son law or married in Italian and she was against it. Mrs. March states that never could like Italian lady, even though she was very kind and loving and overall a very nice person. And Mr. Lawrence couldn't like her, even though she was very kind to him and all that stuff, simply because he re- kind of represented, I think, the culture or the society around that time. If Mr. Lawrence was raised in an environment where there is a lot of preconsumptions against Italians, then he would part of that kind of generation that sort of automatically sees them as lower than he. It sucks, but that's the way a lot of people are, even still today. Yes, sadly. But I also did say, I really love how Louisa my uncle, she made this interracial marriages in the women work so well. Whenever I read those passages between the couples, like except for Mac and John, they are both American. They are still a lovely couple though. But whenever I read it, I love the way Louisa Van portrays these couples, Amy and Laurie and Joe and Fish, because it, it really gets lost in all of the adaptations. I think the only couple which gets a bit of light, where we can get to see a bit, it is the one between John and Meg, only because Meg is the first one to marry, I assume. But then movie makers all like romanticize Joe and Laurie, and it doesn't feel right because it's also kind of cheap and still tag that does in the end fall in love with Sweetfish and never love with Laurie the way people expected her to. Because that's not the way things happen in the novels. And because 
Lower East based, partially on Lenny Wisniewski. And the more I have read about Luzamel's relationship with Larry Wisniewski, it more and more feels like as a mother and son relationship. I see what you mean. I also have to state that for me, I don't think that Little Women would have been, I will call it perfect because nothing or nobody is perfect, but it would have knocked the, the masterpiece, as I call it, if Joe had ended up with Fiori. Because first of all, Louisa Malcott based all the characters around somebody she loved, cared about with you, and it would not have been right for her to marry Joe and Laurie because Ladisla is the inspiration for Laurie, one of the inspirations, and she doesn't end up with Fairy. I don't think it will work because it is all like it's, I know it's only semi, semi autobiographical, but it would not have felt right because in a proposal scene, which I rather call the harassing scene tree, <laughs> but in, in that one, you see in the novel, of course, only because why would the movie makers do such a wonderful thing? They very much don't show that in the novel, Joe really, really talks to him in that scene as if he were a child. It really comes off. She's like, you will meet an accomplished woman, you sensible boy and all that stuff. That is really there. And the movie makers just don't use it. Okay, the movie makers for me are more likely to be after the money because that woman is such a beloved tale. But that's another thing. I agree. And we will get into this chapter soon. Throughout after this chapter, Joe refers Laurie and Amy as children. Yes, that is also very cute and funny. And it also shows that Joe has always been much more mature than Laurie. I can't kind of say whether she was more mature than Amy after Amy grew up. But I think it also shows that while Joe is a free spirit and independent and I will not say egoistic, but at some kinds it calls, she says like, I only want to do things for myself. So she tells very much about herself and she also respects herself very much. And I love that she calls them the children because first of all, it's cute. Second of all, it, like I said, it shows that she's very much mature. I think in... Part one of Little Woman, Joe is more egoistic, but so is Amy and so is Meg and Laurie because they are teens. And when you are a teenage, your life pretty much centers around yourself. Yes, that's true. I also have to say, I really love how Joe evolved in the end because many people are like, she was such a feminist in first book and then in Good Wives or Part Two, as I called it, she's like, so not anti-feminist and, and she's like men very men loving that's not the J- Joby love and like blah 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 and then I'm just like I think the toxic masculinity of Joe's shows even in chapter 3 when she goes to Laurie to when she was sick and she's like uh, why don't you invite somebody so you have company he's like well um, no the boys are too loud etc and then he's like well then why don't you call it God? Because girls are quiet and they like to play nurse. Hmm. I see what you mean. I get why people would falsely assume that Joe is a feminist in the first part, but that is not the case. She loves men very much. She idealizes them and she thinks it's a shame to be a woman. And that is the complete opposite 
of what feminist and feminism is about. Like, I think it's very important that you studied in later parts when, for example, Laurie Ferrester and all stuff and Faith and Joe's point, it goes to be a feminist because she accepts that having feminine empathy, feminine kind of interests isn't a bad thing. It's more a bad thing to be like everything female is bad and everything male is wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. Cinema and I continue our discussion on the next episode. Take care and make good choices. Bye.